This is the Fantasy Road Show. Yo, welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Road Show. We are your hosts. You can call me Truck. I'm joined as always by Shane O'Mac and Culls. You can find us on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Trucker, at Shane S. McCormick underscore FF, at Culls underscore Sports. Make sure you follow the show while you're at it, at Fantasy Road Show. We are live on all platforms, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, you name it, we're there. Go check us out at Fantasy Roadshow. As always, this episode is brought to you by Rule One Proteins. Go to www.ruleoneproteins.com. There you can find all the industry-leading protein supplements. You name it, they got it. Go check it out if you're looking to get back in the gym or just re-up your supplement game. Uh, they're the best in the business. Boys, how we doing? Shane, Coles, it's great to see you guys. Yes, sir. Doing well. Yeah. Over my sickness, so I'm back to normal. You sound uh, great, buddy. Yeah, much better. While I was in my COVID sickness, I, I, I told you guys a message you do that Cole's inspired me to start re-watching Sons of Anarchy. So I have started <laughs> that for a second time now, which is awesome. I've forgotten so many good parts of that. So Coles, I, I'm curious though. Did, how many tidbits about the show do you know? So do you know like that Jax in real life is a British actor with a British accent? No, I don't know much, I guess. Oh, you didn't know that about him? Yeah. Charlie so, uh, Charlie Ham, is that his name? Hunnam. Hunman. Charlie Hunnam. Hunman, Hunman, yeah. yeah. Hunnam, so right. he, yeah, he's British. Like, and he, he had said like when he finished Sons of Anarchy, like he had to hire a dialect coach to help get his normal British accent back because he had been sewn in grain <laughs> to this and to the character. Yeah. Um, funny. A lot of actors actually have to do that after their roles, uh, prominent roles where they speak a lot and they, I forgot who off the top of my head, but there was one that was really interesting. It happens, you know, but yeah, yeah. that's a great show. And then the, you, the, you, the writer and producer of the show is, uh, uh, what's his, I'm blanking on his name now that had his eyes taken out in jail uh Otto. Otto. Otto Otto is the yes. writer and producer of that show good because yes. he's a badass in the show yeah 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 Coles was giving me shit because I what I said my favorite character was Opie and he's like dude how how he just died he wasn't a badass I've been waiting oh. for the moment where it made sense that he was your favorite character so he encouraged me to re-watch it because Opie <laughs> apparently is yeah a, when you uh, said he was your favorite player I'm like oh Opie's like right hand man of Jax he's about to be a badass like this, yeah. is, gonna be, this is gonna be awesome like he's it was always he like just had a lot of potential that's all well yeah he was always like <laughs> on the cusp of his breakout or like waiting for him to do something cool and then it was just always like kind of him getting shit on by the club and like he mm -hmm. was like loyal to clay for too long who's just a huge piece of shit <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> i i do like the show a lot um yeah but i i don't like like they're, they're never on top they're just always dealing with shit yeah <laughs> like, that's yeah. the uh the struggles um, of the tv shows you know they're always there's no. something there's always something to grind for you know yeah but like at least like pinky blinders like those guys are like killing it at times like they're yeah. not always just fighting f out of shit 
And yeah. it's just the Sons of Anarchy might as well have been a fire department and not a mechanic group <laughs> because they're just putting out <laughs> fires nonstop putting out fires. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hear you. But it's good. I like it. It's very entertaining. Definitely like one of the better series like Yeah. you know, out there, but I'm um, uh, I'm still stuck on Better Call Saul. Uh I got one season left and it's finally ooh. starting to get very similar to Breaking yep. Bad and they're introducing all the old characters, so I'm I'm enjoying that very much, but yeah. um you know, I'm glad we can talk some pop culture before the episode. I always enjoy that with you boys. But um, so let's talk. Uh, there's been some updates on coaching. Uh, some the coaching carousel is kind of making their final stops. Yeah. Uh, Washington uh, finally hired Dan Quinn. And uh, what was the other one? Seattle. Seattle hired McDonald's. Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald. Yeah. And right, so uh, Shane, as Shane, an assistant, you... they hired McDonald. And then I think as the the assistant head coach is Virgil. Uh, Virgil Joseph. Is that right? It sounds about right. Let me look. Mm. Shane, what do you think about Dan Quinn? You uh, you have experience with him, with your fandom, with the uh, Cowboys. He's been the DC there for quite some time. Um, and I, you know, I thought, you know, he was eventually going to get the head coaching job. We've been talking about this for season after season after season. And what do you think there? Uh, how do you think Washington's going to do uh, with Dan Quinn at head coach? I, I just don't understand in this day and age, like Washington with the number two overall pick, it's going to take either Daniels or uh, May, Drake May, like how you hire a defensive minded coach for that important of a pick and that important of a development. I mean, if it was me, obviously they couldn't get Ben Johnson, but I my next choice would be throwing the money at, Slowick from Houston to come in and develop an offense that would cater to one of those two guys. Yeah, that's a great point. Coles, what do you think? Uh, Washington. Well, I was going to just say that Leslie Frazier is who I was thinking of. Oh, okay. um, so Seattle brought in McDonald and then assistant head coach Frazier, a guy with some experience, probably teaching them just like how to be a head coach. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was outstanding for the Seahawks, but, Niners, or I mean Redskins, sorry, Commanders. Um, they, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, I just don't really think Dan Quinn is sexy in the first place, but like it just kind of seemed like a safe, basically what Rivera already was, mm -hmm. but younger. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe just kind of the one the type of football team that they want is apparently defense first, but. Uh, you have think of all those assistants they had back in the Gruden. Um, was that Jay Gruden? Was he the head coach with LaFleur? That whole list of guys LaFleur, McDaniel, McVeigh, uh, yeah, um, Shanahan. Mm -hmm. uh, I, anyways, they have all those guys in, in Washington and they can't seem to figure out this head coaching position. It seems just weird. But um, I don't know. We'll see. It's yeah. I think it will hurt Dallas more than it will help Washington. Like, yeah, I think there's two That's things can happen. I think their defense of Dallas could take a step back, but I don't see a huge big jump for Washington. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, it's interesting because, like, you're right. This is an important developmental stage for the. 
commanders as a whole. I, I literally always say Redskins in my brain first. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's an, it's like for them to take the next step as a franchise and kind of be a contender or just be on the right track, you need to develop the young quarterback or need something. I don't know. I would have gone like Vrabel or one of the young yeah, so that's a great segue because uh, we have a couple coaches that are surprisingly not getting a job this season. Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, uh, and, uh, of course, Bill Belichick. So um, they're kind of out there in limbo. I don't, I'm not sure what they're going to do this season, but I'm excited as a Bears fan because uh, Eberflus is on his last leg. So if uh, he's out of town, uh, bring in Vrabel or even Belichick. I, I wouldn't care. Uh, Pete Carroll, somebody, any one of those three would be better than Eberflus, in my opinion. So, or Ben Johnson. I mean, yeah, it's or Ben be... Johnson. Yeah, I think Slowick. You know what I mean? It's, you know, Ben Johnson and Slowick staying with their teams. That's huge for Detroit and Houston, man. They're, uh, that's going to, that's going to bode well, really well for them in the beginning of next season. Uh, I like where they're, where they're currently standing at, you know? Yeah. So I was saying Vrabel because you have a, play you have a team and an identity that's kind of lost in the commanders he's a guy that you know can establish a culture and kind of bring that kind of fresh start but someone who has done an incredible job with the titans his resume is you know outstanding played for belichick um so i, I think he would have been a good decision for the commanders if they didn't go you know, young offense and want that defensive route, which they went Quinn. But I, the Bears situation, like, I just got to hope Eberflus works out. And I think it's more for about Waldron. And I think Waldron's outstanding. So I, I don't know. I kind of don't even think about Johnson or Slowick for the Bears position anymore because, like, Waldron is in that same bucket at for me as like young offensive coordinator so if he bring, if they bring in caleb and you know he's working with waldron the offense does good but the bears just don't really take that next step then like waldron's got to be the guy um yeah you just don't want to be you don't want to be back in a situation where you draft a young quarterback and then he year one he learns a waldron offense and then year two he learns uh you're just repeating history so yeah and that's a big um, problem in the nfl in general um there I, I don't think past 2021 there's a single offensive coordinator that's still with their team so it's um that's something that the nfl is dealing with with teams being so good that offensive coordinator is going to get a head coaching opportunity or vice versa so well, yeah, these I, guys I, who are successful is Shanahan, Vinkavay, um, and Reed. Like, well, we would say those are probably three of the top, definitely top five, maybe the top three coaches in the league. Yeah. Um, and those are play callers. You know, those mm -hmm. are guys that are offensive geniuses. So, you know, you probably hired Waldron to be that. Uh, he's done an incredible job with dog shit Geno Smith. Um, you know, he, he's got a really good resume. He's young and he makes quarterbacks look really good puts them in high efficiency throw type situations so like to me you have your offensive guy you have to stick with him and hope that works yeah um, Eberflus, like he's ah, whatever like his defense was good last year so yeah if it know, was if he can win over the locker room and kind of establish a discipline team then you know that's he's done his job so we'll see yeah 
Um, all right. Well, uh, what about Matt Canada? He's officially the offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh. Did we talk about this already no, last episode? No, not Canada. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Canada. Um, Arthur uh, Smith. Arthur Smith. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to even talk about him. So if you guys have anything to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good move for the running game. I mean, Pittsburgh, they're a running team. Two great running backs. And uh, I think uh, it bodes well for Najee and Warren next season. I'm just a little worried about the development of uh, George Pickens and um, Kenny Pickett. You know, I, I, they're going to go into next season with Pickett. I, I, I think that's uh, it's probably the right move with how young he is, and uh, he's shown somewhat progress. But I, I don't know. I just I'm not too hopeful for that offense in general. With, yeah, I don't uh, think Arthur anything. I, you said it was good for the run game. I don't think it's good for anything. If I'm a Steelers fan, I think you're just bringing in uh, someone else that's going to suck. Just right after Canada like there's going to be a target on any OC's back that steps into Pittsburgh because as we said before their championship defense you need to figure out how to be competent on the offensive side um, and you're bringing in a guy who just failed as a head coach he's shown it's a little a bit of success hire. but yeah, like he's not it, a it, good it, it didn't make sense to me because you had such a fire for Mitt, for Matt Canada, that you bring in somebody that just failed, and it's like, that's right. well, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly just, what I just so said. Strange. Like he's gonna have a tire, like that position is gonna have a be under a magnifying glass, and you brought in a yeah. guy who's has a bad reputation right now. Uh, I don't know, it's really stupid in my mind. Yeah, like yeah. just yeah. All right, well, that's enough coaching talk. Um, let's get into some tight ends. Uh, we want to introduce a new game that we are developing. And we'll be rolling out uh, on further episodes. Uh, and this episode or this game is called "Man Behind the Wheel," and this is where Shane uh, will uh, develop uh, or or pick some players, and uh, we're gonna pick. Uh, or Shane, do you want to talk about it since you yeah yeah um, created it? And, and I don't want to butcher it. No, no, no. It's yeah. So this will just be a. I'm gonna give some clues to who this person is. So it's gonna be a tight end since this is our tight end show. Um, for this episode, but going forward, you know, it'll be different positions. Um, follow us on Twitter or the X at Fantasy Roadshow. Uh, we'll be posting more of these throughout the week. Um, but let's let's get into this week's this episode's uh, man behind the wheel at the tight end position. Okay, gentlemen, this tight end he had seven top ten tight end finishes. In PPR leagues this okay. year, Jonu Smith. <laughs> okay, all right, take it easy. Go ahead, finish. Okay, he was also tied for second amongst tight ends with t in touchdowns this year. Okay, and your last and final clue is he has been a top twelve tight end the last two years. So. Recap, he had seven top 10 finishes in PPR leagues. Okay. He was tied for second in touchdowns amongst all tight ends. And he has some consistency to his name. He's been a top 12 tight end the last two years. Who is our man behind the wheel? Uh, calls, Wait, are, you are we going to do this? Are, are, no. Are we going to do this to where we switch off like – if you get it wrong, I get to guess, and we'll just go back and forth and tell yeah, yeah, we'll, okay, okay uh, you go first on, in our okay. first installment. I'm gonna guess uh, a hometown tight end. Fuck, Cole that's Komet. what I was gonna guess. 
I was going to guess Komet as well. Cole Komet? Yes. Is wrong. Oh. No. All right. Okay, Coles. Okay. All right, Coles, what do you got? Um, seven top 10 fight, seven top 10 tight end finishes in PPR leagues. I know. He PPR, like you stress. Tied for PPR, second, tied for second in touchdowns. And been a top 12 tight end the last two years. I just don't, I, th- I think I'm going to be wrong, but David Njoku. David Njoku is wrong. Oh, um, all right. Can't look at your screen. Oh, I can't look at my screen. Okay, all right, fine. Well, I was just looking at the rankings. I'm looking at the rankings. You can look at those. You can look. Yeah, that's all I'm looking at. I'm not looking at any stats or anything. Because I had sleeper pulled up. Like that's how I've been doing the um these uh the rankings episodes. Is I have sleeper 2023 stats up and been referenced. Yeah, I'm simply just looking at my. Yeah. I'm just looking at my rankings. I'm trying to okay. go through the the names and try to pick out someone that okay. fits the description. So, um, I am going to guess. I don't. I mean, I'm I'm just going to say George Kittle. George Kittle is not correct. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so I wasn't I, confident in that one. I wasn't the guy that I have, the guy that I have, I just don't think he scored touchdowns this year, which is my issue. Oh, I have a new guess. Okay. I have a new guess. <laughs> oh, look at his eyes. I, I have two guesses this year. You can't make, you can't make two guesses. I know I'm going to make okay. one, but I'm going to choose the one that I had the enlightenment at the same time as you. <laughs> Dalton okay. Schultz. Dalton Schultz is not correct. Okay, here's my answer. Yes. Hunter Henry. No. That's a good guess, but it's not correct. Not top 12. Uh, the other one I had doesn't have tight, didn't have touchdowns this year. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram is not correct. Yeah, he has barely scored this year. This is making our show look on Ingram. <laughs> I may went too. I may went too tough. This is yeah, not a good episode. look right now. This is not a good look right yeah, now. Yeah, this is bad because um, I'm not going to be able to find it. Uh, let me uh, let me. Uh, I, while you guys are thinking, I'm going to give you one more clue here. Then this this clue I think will give it away. Okay. It's my turn to guess. So he also had, <laughs> I think I he, know who it is. He also had five games this is, this is where he was game. outside of the top 30 tight end finishers of the week. I think I know who it is. And this is going to make me so mad at Shane. <laughs> Go ahead, Kels, I'll give you and he one. just, that laugh just fucking absolutely sold it. Taste. Okay. Hill. It is taste. Oh, Shane, I, I, I had a, I had a click. I was there. just like this motherfucker. <laughs> I, I don't know how I didn't think of that. The t- the touchdowns. Uh, uh, oh man, that I'm mad I didn't get that. But uh, good good on you, Coles and Shane. Nice nice job. That was such a troll a great for one. yeah, such a troll for Shane O'Mac to have Hill, <laughs> who I just don't even think about as a fantasy football player. Exactly. So that's why I didn't. I think the crazy thing to me was when I was looking it up is like two straight years of being a top 12 
tight end. Um, and then the seven top 10, I mean, okay. So, all right. So knowing those things, do you recommend to fantasy players through our roadies that you should roster him every week? Like start Taysom Hill every week because throughout the throughout the first 13 games of the season, he's gonna have a top 10 finish seven times. Um, like I know my recommendation, but Shane, no. if you want to answer the question. No, you can't. No. Because okay. you so trying to pick you those weeks. Then? Try to so pick for, weeks, but that might even be worse than just auto starting him because yeah. you're gonna hit some and you're gonna miss some. And you might not be over 50% on, on your personal, you know. For me, Taysom Hill should not be drafted. I think Taysom Hill should be on the waiver wire. And if you're one of the teams that is he's not top happy 12 with your last two end, years, I understand that. But he's so this he's is why I just don't even look at him as an actual option. I, I get that. But for me, if, if he's you top are, 12 the last two years, but don't draft him. And if he's hot, <laughs> then pick him up because you may get lucky and start him once when he pops. Like, it's so stupid. Fuck if you're now. if you're the if <laughs> fuck team, you too, Shane, if you're the team <laughs> in your league with the worst tight end situation or if you're if your tight end was like Mark Andrews, where he got injured right away and uh, Taysom Hill should be rostered in that sense. But on the bench and if he's your best option. And he has the he's clearly good at scoring touchdowns and he's utilized as an ex player on the team. Um, if you're in a bad position in your league with tight end situation, he should no. be on your roster, just not no, starting. This is what you should week. do. If you play best ball, then you, and you have a Saints stack, add him into the mix super late. That's a, that's a great day. that's a good one. Other than that, fuck Taysom Hill. Okay. Oh, this is I Shane. I love that. What a what a way to what a way to start this the segment. That was that was great. That was great. All right. Um, are we only doing the one game anymore? Yeah, just yeah. I knew this one. I knew this one was going to take a couple rounds, so I only did the one for this one. (laughs) God. Oh man, that was great. All right. Well, um, we are here today talking um, way too early, twenty twenty four tight end rankings. Um, we're going to go ahead and pull that up here and get into the mix. Um, all right. So, no shocker here, Coles. You have Dalton Kincaid as your tight end one. I am not surprised you did end the episode last week uh, with a teaser saying that Dalton Kincaid would be your tight end one. And um, uh, Shane and I both have Sam Laporta. And you have Sam Laporta down at four. So, why don't you talk about that quick discrepancy right there? I mean, I'm just kind of trolling with Kincaid, but <laughs> I can spin it into him being the tight end one if you guys really want me to. Um, uh, well, where, like, you know, just put yourself in the shoes of, let's say we're drafting right now. Are you really taking Kincaid as the tight end one over everyone else? I don't have to. I'm yeah. going to take him as my tight end one in the around where I know I'm going to have value. Okay. So. I'm going to draft King Kincaid and Pitts guaranteed this year. They'll be on every team of mine because uh, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a ton of value on both of them. Unless the Falcons get like a, you know, a, there's a huge overvalue because they bring in Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins or someone like that. And then their fantasy values all get skewed. But I think Pitts will be undervalued 
to where I have them finishing next year. So, um, you know, out with Arthur Smith, in with um, who is it actually? The guy from uh, guy from the Rams, uh, Zach Robinson. I think his name is. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 So in with Zach Robinson, like I, I, I'm going to be all over Falcons players because. You know, they burned some people this year. Arthur Smith's yeah. gone, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's going to be value there. So I'll be all over Pitts and uh, Kincaid. I just think, like, he had a great season, another off season. You know, his year, his second year step up is going to be huge with Josh Allen, who's going to be the, you know, number one player in fantasy again next year. Diggs may be on his way out. If not, he's certainly getting older. We already talked about that in the wide receiver rankings. So, you know, Kincaid is right now going to be maybe the best option on that offense or just for my argument's sake in my spin zone that I'm going to sell you guys on. He is the best option on one of the best offenses with the top fantasy football score in the NFL. So end of story. That's, that's, that's a I great point. That's okay. a great point. And uh, I do think there's a chance that he could easily be the tight end one at the end of the year next year. You yeah. know, that's, I mean like his, his, his game could be, you know, seven to eight receptions a game for 70 to 80 yards and touchdowns, you know, 10 plus touchdowns. So I can see him being one of those guys that has a hundred plus receptions, you know, 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns. And that would make him the tight end one. My only concern with him is, so we had a, sample size of the first seven weeks eight weeks and then a sample size of the last five weeks when dawson knox is playing like he was like tight in 23 or 24 and then he was like tight in 32 at the end of the season when both of them are on the field and playing and they're running two tight end sets and now that there's there's that's more than just dawson knox being injured and coming back like in that same time period you had a change in offensive coordinator um you know the team is kind of figuring i'm not worried about it just because of what we saw in the playoffs um and like dawson knox is not the pass catcher that that kincaid is so that's like the only again spin zone um I, I whatever i love kincaid that's why i'm at one so i hear your reservation there um yeah. you know that four to five four to six spot is probably where his can the industry consensus will be yeah um and i think i just like the value on him at that spot even you know still so you know i don't know yeah i I think do you guys know Kelsey's getting older laporta like yeah he'll probably be the number one which like I'll almost guarantee he doesn't end up number one just because of the way tight ends tight ends are. I guess they are kind of repetitive, but I don't know. I'm just not a huge Lions guy. I guess they'll have uh, Ben Johnson back, but like, yeah, they had a great season, second straight season of you know exceeding expectations. So I I think you're due for a stinker. I just don't think that you know I don't think they're gonna win the division it's going to be one of those things where it's just not their year. Things aren't going their way. Makes sense. Uh, I'm, I love Sam Laporta from what we saw this year. And uh, I do think they build on that from next year with Ben Johnson. And I think Sam Laporta does finish as tight end one 
Uh, that's why I have him there. Uh, but I, I'm the lowest on Kincaid. I could probably bump him up to five. Um, but for me, I, I can't I can't put him too high until Dawson Knox is out. And I was going to ask you guys, you know, off the top of your head, his contract situation for Dalton. Uh, He's or for locked Dawson up Knox. still. Yeah, so the locked earliest that they can get out, they would get out. They have an out after the two, 2024 season. So Okay, so next offseason they could off part season. ways. Yeah. Then it, So at that point, I'll, I will definitely have him in my top three when Kincaid is the only one there. But uh, Knox gives me a, a little bit of reservation, so. Um, but Shane, you have Kyle Pitts down at 13. Um, Mike has him at three. He did talk about him a little bit. I have him at nine, so kind of in the middle. Do you want to talk about um, Kyle Pitts a little bit and why you have him so low? So for me, it's it's two things. It's going to be all about the quarterback, who they bring in. If it is if it is the same status quo, if it's Ritter, whoever, no if it's Ritter there's, and backup, yeah, there's no literally way. no way. <clears throat> then, you know, the, it's just going to depend who is brought in. Is it Justin Fields? Boom. I'm bumping him up pretty high. Um, that's going to, if it's, you know, Kirk Cousins, what about a rookie? same thing. A rookie will probably, he'll come up a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing I don't like about Pitts, and it could change with a new offensive coordinator for sure, is he for the last two years has had, either the top or the second highest ADOT of all tight ends. So he is just getting these, he's not getting any of those short area, easy targets and catches that are key for PPR leagues for tight ends. He is, he's going on these long. And a lot of that is because they line him up as a receiver. So maybe they change that with the new coordinator, but he doesn't give you that consistent catch base for short area targets. They could get from a lot of other tight ends. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, I do. I mean, having 90 targets uh, is impressive with how bad of a season that he um, with, you know, generally the consensus is a bad season, but 90 targets, 600 yards, like that's a decent tight end season. So I, I do think it improves and I realistically have him too low from where I expect um, the Falcons to go with their offense. So I'm, I'm more on Coles' side than I am Shane's. Uh, with the Kyle Pitts take and depending on who the quarterback is, I, I just think it's going to be an improvement regardless. And Pitts is just too talented not to have a better season than he had this year. I could see uh, him beating his year one targets. He had 110 targets. So that's only 20 more than he had this year. I could see him having over that. Uh, what Sam Laporta had what 120 targets this year. Yeah. So I, I could see him being in that range. And if that's the case, he's probably going to be uh, somewhere near the top five, uh, top six, that range. So, um, all right, let's see what else we got next. Uh, we all have Trey McBride at two. Uh, no surprise there. We, we love Trey McBride. Coles and I could not stop talking about him in the off season and boom, what happened? Uh, he got his chance and he just absolutely ran away with that job. And uh, I, I just, I, I love everything about Trey McBride. He's a beast. Uh, Coles, I know you love him as well. If you want to talk about him a little bit and um, why I think the, we are, I think, higher than consensus, consensus from the industry. They probably have him down uh, around four or five. But what do you have to say about Trey McBride? Um, I just think that he's going to be one of the, I mean, we saw what he could do with a high target share this year. And I think that kind of remains the same in an offense that's only going to be better this year with Kyler back in form and 
you know, Marvin Harrison or whoever ends up, you know, going there. So I don't have much yeah. to say. I think we already saw his potential and that's just, he's going to realize it because he's such a good pass catcher. Yeah. For me, kind of the reason why I have him at two, it's just what he, his capabilities, right? So we saw games with 14 targets, 10 receptions, 95 yards and a touchdown, nine targets, 133 131 yards 102 yards like not many tight ends in this league are able to get to those numbers and he's shown numerous times that he is so i think he deserves to be over someone like mark andrews who uh, you know on a consensus cons consistency basis he's at like five receptions 60 yards and two touchdowns he has the touchdown upside but he doesn't really have those games where uh he's just absolutely uh um game breaking like Trey McBride. So yeah. you have and I think there? the two things I like is Kyler Murray looks to the tight end. He he targets him heavily. And two, like I think he's got an obvious room to grow this year in the touchdown department. So we only had three this year. So I could see that easily getting to say eight, even you know, eight to ten even maybe. Yeah. So you've got a nice room for touchdown improvement. Um, for him easily that he should capture on top of that high catch volume. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, all right. Well, let's go to um, uh, Travis Kelsey. We Shane and I both have at three, Mike, where do you have Travis Kelsey now? Five, uh, five. Okay. So that's not too far down. Um, do we think he's done? Do we think he's hit his cliff? Um, what do you guys think there? I don't think so. I think, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, a down bad year for him. Um, two things like he still was tied for the highest points per game amongst the position at 14 with Laporta. He was second in receiving yards. Yep. Uh, and then more importantly, just when I'm watching him in the playoffs, he does it when we're just purely talking about redraft rankings you know, he still deserves where I've got him at. Obviously, it's a different conversation in dynasty leagues, but uh, I think he could be close to what he did this year, at least. Yeah, I mean, he had a down year, but he still had 121 targets, 93 receptions, 900 yards. Uh, it was his first season not hitting that 1,000-yard mark since 2016, 2015. So um, just been on an absolute tear, and he had a little bit of a down year, but still – still had a good tight end season. So uh, a bad season for Travis Kelsey is still a good season in general. So I, I think he builds off that. I think he has a better season next year uh, if he doesn't retire, that is. Yeah. What do you think, Shane, or Coles? Kelsey? Yeah, just a quick uh, quick recap on Kelsey before we move on. I don't know. I just concluded him the top, in the top five out of respect, but I could see him retiring if they win the Super Bowl. I know that's kind of where I'm at as well. Uh, Cause you know, Jason Kelsey hasn't officially made his announcement. I think they both make the announcement together. If, uh, if Travis wins the Super Bowl, which I think is going to happen a little spoiler there, but um, be ridiculous. Um, I see if, um, you just added him to the ranking. I would not like that if they did that, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it seems like Kelsey's like, seems to like the spotlight. So I think some yeah. of that, might go away to a certain extent if he's no longer playing um and he gets like a desk job i mean look at gronk like we still see gronk but he's not spiking <clears throat> footballs and 
all over the headlines anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so. I just think it's a little different because of their how successful their podcast is. Um, it is legit one of the top podcasts in the world with the whole um, Swifties uh, jumping on the bandwagon. But I mean, yeah. if you have that, it, you're you you just have a path to doing something football related, talking about football. Uh, discussing stuff and uh i i think with that available um stream it's it makes it more enticing to retire that's all so yeah i don't know we'll see what happens i mean it's all about how he feels physically um yeah so he might have another couple years left in him where he kind of just picks his spots which is what it seemed like this year like he kind of went away for a little bit but now now late here now here like late in the playoffs when they need him and the team to step up and every game you know win or go home he's stepped up massively so yeah um you know it might be one of those things where as long as Mahomes is there he has a spot he's always welcome and he kind of just coasts a little bit during the regular season and then turns it on late I could see that as well. So because mm-hmm. of that, I have him in my top five. I could also see uh, a, a situation where if he does retire and then comes back mid-season towards the end of the season, unretires to join the, the, yeah, the, the playoff I'm going to I'm going to go on on record saying I don't think Kelsey retires. Okay. All right. There it is. Uh, all right. Let's move on a little bit here. We have uh, – who do you guys think we should talk about You know what I did next? see, though, is that, um, is that Taylor Swift – it was like three hundred and thirty-one and a half million dollars she's made for the NFL this year. That's insane. Um, and the Chiefs, mm-hmm. which is just her influence is crazy. You know what? I, the other thing I was thinking about Taylor Swift that is just so crazy to think about. Like, obviously, Jason Kelsey's famous in Philadelphia, and you know, a little bit outside of to the football world now mm-hmm. in general. But before that, he's just a you know blue collar center for the the Eagles, right? And he has three daughters, and they're of age to where they like probably are starting. They're gonna remember life. Um, at least I know one of them's older, like six five. I, I don't know their exact ages, but they're you know toddlers. Um, and then they're they know their uncle Travis, cool uncle, funny uncle Travis. And then he starts dating the biggest celebrity pop star in the world. Like, think about it from these girls' (laughs) perspectives. Like, holy shit. Like, our aunt is about to be Taylor Swift. That's insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Mm -hmm. I thought about that this week during that whole just Kylie Kelsey being in the the box and, you know, them potentially being sister-in-laws, like that whole Mm -hmm. conversation. Like imagine being the the nieces that are now going to be flying private everywhere the rest of their lives for, on vacation, <laughs> going on tour, having back. Seat, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, crazy that's... that they were already probably the cool girls in school because dad is a Philadelphia Eagle. Well, guess what? Aunt is Taylor <laughs> Swift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see that uh, that whole thing about? Uh, Taylor Swift actually gravitating more towards uh, Kylie instead of uh, Brittany Mahomes. Oh, and, I could see uh, that hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah, Kylie's down to earth. Done. Yeah, uh, she seems like a uh, you know it's your no. your your standard. Um, yes, it's a yeah. no brainer. But let's yeah, no brainer. Let's not. We don't need to be into, talking about. This. Yeah, we. That's too far. 
All right. All right. Well, let's get back to the rankings here. Um, Shane, you have Evan Ingram the highest. Uh, you have him at six. I have him down at 10. And Mike, you have him at eight. So, Shane, um, what did you see from Evan Ingram this season that you liked? Uh, I know it was very he's, scarce of him. He's tight end. But he's tight end two, I think. I mean, he's, I don't know what's not to like. I don't know why the consensus yeah. isn't higher on him. Like 114 receptions. He led the league in targets um yeah, the 143 only targets that's ridiculous yeah, I targets. Too. He, he does need to have a higher industry i need to be higher on him i agree with that shane um, so and, you know the only thing lacking was his touchdowns and so I, when you see a case like that where a guy has only what i think two or three touchdowns in my mind i see that as an opportunity this next year where that doubles and he gets to say six. He, um, he ended up with four this year. Four. Okay. So I still, so if he goes to six or seven um, and now you're looking at, you know, there's some talk maybe about Ridley not coming back or Zay Jones may not be in there, which frees up, you know, but even with a lot of those guys, you know, even when Kirk was playing before he got hurt. He was still seeing a high catch volume with Kirk, with Ridley. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that. I just think he creates mismatches and is a is a target um, that is yeah. looked at often there. So, yeah, I just moved him above uh, <clears throat> Andrews and Joku. It's hard for me to move him any higher just because of the names ahead of him. Like we just talked about, Kelsey. He's either going to be. Mm-hmm they're a little bit higher or you know significantly lower depending on what that situation is um which we're not going to know until probably spring training or not spring training uh (laughs) training (laughs) camp until training camp so um i don't know i mean like mark andrews i don't want to just bounce right away from ingram but i moved him in front of andrews because like i don't know what his situation is going to be with likely are they both going to be that's a great talking field um so but yeah ingram is you know i think the jaguars i'm still a believer in trevor lawrence i think he was dealing with a lot of injuries um Mm -hmm. and the team is still you know one of the better teams in that division so i expect to bounce back from them um and he's clearly been targeted 143 times last year, tight end two. It's hard to get, it's going to be hard to, you know, look away from him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I, I'm definitely going to be moving Evan Ingram up in my rankings as well. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think the Jaguars have a better season next year than they did this year. I think they show improvements, and it's going to be hard for him to have more than 143 targets. So that's pretty incredible for a tight end. So uh, the touchdowns, like Shane says, the thing that goes up and like, you know, we thought that we thought another perfect example of a guy who was, you know, burned a lot of people last year, Trevor Lawrence. um, We thought his tight end, we thought his touchdown numbers were going to improve last year. They didn't, this is probably the year they do. So that's someone to look back into, um, you know, if you're a believer in his talent. And if you are, then Evan Ingram is a guy that you're going to be all over with that narrative, you know, at hand. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's move on. Shane, I am shocked. 
I am. This is my Shane Shocker of the week. You have Jake Ferguson, the lowest. Shane O'Mac, Shocker of the week. <laughs> you have you have you have Jake Ferguson, the lowest at ten. Mike, you have him at nine. I have him up at eight. So we're all very similar. But Shane, what's going on with Jake Ferguson? I I can't believe he. You are the lowest on him. Shane O'Mac, I'm going to step in for Shane. She, well, I just think that the Cowboys are going to have a horrible year next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's two things. So, like, one, the guys in front of him, you know, it was hard to jump uh, in front of them. And two, like, we see on this team, like, uh, the tight ends kind of make a little bit bigger jump in their second year. So they spent second round draft capital on Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan last year in the draft. I don't know if in the second year that he doesn't get on the field more and take away some potential targets and catches from Ferguson. As good as Ferguson was, it's hard for me to see a second year in a row where Schoonmaker just does not see the field at all. Mm -hmm. You spent a second round draft pick uh, on that position last year otherwise you know there's a lot of things to like about him like he's in a similar position as Laporta like like where the whole offensive scheme personnel play calling is the same as last year nothing's changing for him which is a good thing um it's just a concern is he definitely again the primary tight end target yeah, um, I I liked what I saw from Ferguson. I liked his involvement in the offense. I think Dak uh, went to him quite a bit. I mean, he had over 100 targets, uh, only had five touchdowns, which I found surprising. I would have thought that would have been around seven with, uh, I thought, how much he scored. But, yeah, only five. I, I just – I like Ferguson. He's a young tight end. Uh, he's going into his third year, and I, I think I, – I personally don't believe that Schoonmaker – is going to be eating into uh, his playing time. I think Ferguson has that job on lock, and I think he has a better fantasy season next year than he did this year. So I'm trying to see, like, who, what the difference is, like, who you've got, you guys have got in front that I don't. So you've got, so you've got Ingram behind him. Yeah, well, I just I did say that I was going to move him up, and okay. I when when I saw Coles move him up, I was going to tell Coles to move him up to about seven. Um, in front of Kittle behind a Kincaid. So that's kind of where I would have Ingram currently. Um, I did overlook uh, some of his production this season, so that's on me. But um, I would definitely move him up to seven um, personally. But uh, Ferguson I have above Kyle Pitts, which, I, again, I talked about moving Kyle Pitts up depending on what quarterback they get. Uh, but I think he should be ahead of uh, Schultz, Goddard, Komet, uh, Musgrave, okay. and all of them. Personally, so I, I he'll be on the fringe top ten. Okay, so uh, you've got him ahead of Komet, then. Okay. Yeah, I, I have him over Komet, and that's a great guy to talk about next because Shane, you have him up at oh, seven. That, let's talk about the Ravens because we're getting away from Mark Andrews. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you did mention, uh, which I thought was a great talking point, Mark Andrews uh, and his usage next season with uh, Isaiah likely kind of having a little bit of a breakout year this year. Uh, and I personally do think that Isaiah likely is going to be that second tight end where you're going to see a lot of him next year. Uh, they're going to probably run a two tight end sets. And I, that's kind of where I'm at with that. I, I think Isaiah likely um, earned a role in that offense next season. That's going to be pretty prominent. Mike, what do you think? I want to hear what Shane thinks first. 
All right, kick it over to Shane. <laughs> I I don't think it's going to be the same Andrews we've seen as in the past as far as usage. Um, but I don't think it's a – I'm trying to think of a scenario uh, example with another team where it's a, a big split or anything. Um, I think Andrews is still young enough. He's younger than Kelsey that he still – I think is going to see enough production um, to be what I've got him as hey, I've got him at five. So, yeah. I, so I don't like any of our answers yet and I don't have the answer either. So I don't like my answer for this. Like, I think this is going to be very important for fantasy next year. Likely in my mind is a better receiver than Mark Andrews. Like he is a better ball catcher and yak than Andrews. Um, so how are they going to keep him off the field? That's um, a great point. I, I would agree with that statement so, as well. So like, this is going to be something we're going to need to figure out. And this is going to be like one of those, if you can be on the right side of what happens with this situation, you're going to be better off for it. So is, does that mean you're going to full fade the Ravens or, I just don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. I, I, it's way too early. That's why these are the way too early rankings. <laughs> um, but that's going to be something that we're going to have to figure out, right? Because like, yeah. you're not going to draft Andrew's top 10 and then there be more of a split than we think or top five, then be, there be more of a split than we think. And then you just wasted a sixth, seventh round draft pick on a tight end that you're maybe not going to start every week. Um, I don't. I have a lot of shares of Andrews and Dynasty, and I don't think he goes away. He was, <coughs> he, he was top. He still might be a top three um, Dynasty tight end. Like he's twenty eight, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's twenty eight. Like, I just don't know. Is that an offense that's going to run two tight ends out there often? Well, um, you know, for me. We saw a lot of Mark Andrews' elite production. Uh, 2021, he had 154 targets, 1,300 yards, nine touchdowns. And then 2022, 113 targets, uh, 800 yards. We saw a lot of that because the Ravens just didn't have capable pass catchers. They were one of the worst wide receiving cores in the league, and that is not the case anymore. Zay Flowers, we saw this year, he was really, really good on this offense. And I, I, I think he is going to be a bigger piece of this offense next year, which kind of cuts into that Mark Andrews elite production. So um, with the development yes. of the offense. So, so I don't, I think we can all agree that Lamar's never going to be a 300 yard passing type quarterback. So then do you mm. just fade the entire Ravens receiving core? Probably. Yeah, I see your point. If, if if Andrews, Likely, and Zay Flowers all have to eat, and then you're going to have another receiver out there that needs to produce in order for them to really just have a good offense. So, you know, four in order for four, in order for four guys to produce at a fantasy level, you need to have a Jordan love type season where you're getting 300 yards a game, you know? So I don't know that Lamar's ever going to be that kind of a quarterback. So maybe it's a full fade, you know? Yeah. 
I see what you I see what you mean. I don't know. We're gonna have to figure that out. But that's gonna be something key in being on the right side of that going into fantasy next season is gonna be important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so back to what we were going to be talking about before was uh, Cole Komet. Um, Shane, you have him up at seven. Uh, Mike, you have Cole Komet down at 16? Yeah. Yes. And I have him up at 13. So, Shane, um, this is another shocker of the week where you have the lowest <laughs> on Jake Ferguson, but you're the highest on Cole Komet, and I'm over here as the Bears fan. So tell me why I'm too low on Cole Komet. Sell me on that. So I think – one way or the other, the passing game's going to be better, I think. I think it gets better with K- – I'm going to say Caleb Williams is going there, and so the passing game is better even though he's a rookie. Now, <clears throat> right now, I consider him the number two receiving option on the team. Could that change if they bring in a free agent or with the number nine draft pick? It might, but right now I'm considering the number two receiving option. Um on that team. I just, I think he had, you know, he had some big games. I think what he was over 700 yards. Um, Mm -hmm. He was fourth or fifth in red zone catches for the year amongst the position. So he's looked down in the scoring position um, uh, down in that red zone area, which, uh, which is good for a tight end. Um, So I think if there's no big changes brought in the receiving department, I could see him jumping to 850, maybe 900, even yardage wise. So, uh, for me, I, I see what you're saying. I don't think the Bears go into next season with their wide receiving core staying the same. They will either draft a rookie or bring in a, a free agent. Um, they will improve that wide receiver two slot behind DJ Moore. And uh, I think Cole Komet had a great connection with Justin Fields. So if Justin Fields remains the quarterback next year, and I will probably be moving Cole Komet up. But in the case that they draft a rookie and bring in another wide receiver and we have a new offensive coordinator, um, I just don't think Cole Komet is going to end up kind of where you have him. I think he'll be down more in the 10, uh, 11, 12 range. Uh, and I have him down at 13. I could probably move him up a little bit, but I'm I'm pretty comfortable with where I have him currently. Yeah. So for me, it's uh, I agree with the point of Justin Fields and him had a great chemistry. He's a great tight end. Like if we're talking about best tight ends, I have him in the top 10, 100. Um, percent Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I don't know. It's the uncertainty of like, what is it going to look like with Caleb Williams? It could look a lot better. It could look look a lot worse. I just don't know if I'm going to be taking a shot on that. Um, And he is, he's, he's, I don't know. He's one of the tight ends that doesn't have another tight end really uh, biting at the chomps behind him. And he's, he's healthy. He stays healthy. Cole Komet has played 17 games each of the last three seasons. So um, he stays healthy and he is the only tight end on the team. That will be producing. So, I mean, with those two factors in there, it, yeah, I don't know. You know, uh, so it's just the uncertainty of what it's going to look like with Caleb Williams. And I think that this is what I really want for the Bears. I want to take the Mooney. I want Curtis Samuel to take the Mooney role, and then them draft. I just don't want to get excited about neighbors. That would be insane. <laughs> oh my god! I, but I think it's probably. I would draft a, a Odunze or somebody with that nine pick. So 
if you have, you know, a, a young wide receiver too, and Curtis Samuel in there, um, I just don't know. There's enough to go around for Komet to be. He's going to get touchdowns. And he's going to be a yeah. force in the red zone, but I don't yes. know that he's going to be like a, a yard monster, which would a lot of these guys in front of him I have as those types of players. Um, yeah. So the uncertainty, but I could probably, you know, bump him above Fryermuth, Schultz, for sure. So what I'm curious. Not so let's yet. see. The number two receiver for Chicago, Mooney. I don't know what what his catch mark was. Was it 50 to 60, maybe? So I don't know. Do we see do we see if it's Odunze, Odunze or Keon Coleman? Are they gonna be higher than that? Dramatically well, higher than that? Yes. Because the offense so. is gonna be so much more pass focused. Like I think you're gonna see. Caleb step in and be look at Gino's numbers like that's that's the Waldron offense Gino is slinging the ball now is it DK Metcalf and Tyler Rocket no but like DJ Moore is that good as a wide receiver one and then if you bring in a Curtis Samuel he's experienced he has a lot of chemistry with DJ Moore and he has proven to be great whenever you know he he has the ball thrown his way um I just think the offense is going to be different. So let's say best like case. Looking at pass targets, it's going to be more pass friendly because Caleb Williams has the arm talent of Patrick Mahomes, not Justin Fields. Well, base case scenario is it's like a Houston Texans from last year where their rookie receiver is doing what Tank Dell did and DJ Moore is a little better to catch volume than Nico Collins, but then they had Dalton Schultz then as their tight end. Yeah, it just depends. I don't know. Um, I, we didn't see any tight end in 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 Seattle uh, really take off. You know, Font, you yeah. know, Font was in the mix, but he wasn't. You know, breaking records for any. I I just think Cole Komet is a great tight end. He's going to be in the. He's going to be continue to be such a great uh, run blocker and uh, sealing the edge and. He's a reliable, good receiver, um, but it's just whatever the offense, you know, I, I don't I don't know what the offense is. It's just the uncertainty for me. That's all I got to say. It's too early to speculate what the what the receiving options are going to be. And quite frankly, I think we've been talking about the Bears offense for too long. <laughs> <laughs> we can keep talking about them. I, I can talk about them all day. We will actually be talking more Bears uh, here in the next few episodes. So um, we'll, we'll save it for then. Um, uh, what do you guys think here? What, what's next? Oh, how about Greg Dulcich? Uh, Shea, or uh, Mike, you have him at 12. Yeah, I do talk. not have Greg Dulcich, and neither does Shane. So that could, have been, that, that could have been a mistake of mine, an oversight of mine. Me as well. Me as well. I, I just love his talent, and yeah. uh, he was injured all year, so people forgot about him. Yes, um, I'll I be drafting him, him in every underdog league, guaranteed. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I will I will co-sign that as well. Um, we drafted him all over the place, and he would have had a great season. We saw what uh, Cortland Sutton did in the red zone and stuff. So yeah. I, I I like Greg Dulcich, and that was one I completely mm -hmm. forgot on. So uh, Yeah, I think the there. last thing that we should talk about is um, Musgrave Craft. That's what about Hawkinson? Oh, yeah. 
and Hawkinson. Let's talk about okay. Hawkinson real quick, and we'll end. With yeah, the Shane, you have Hawkinson at eleven. Uh, Mike and I do not have him on our rankings. And Mike, do you want to speak on yeah. that? Because I, I, li- I left him agreement. off. I I just I yeah I sold truck on it. He did. He did. <laughs> uh, I saw Doctor Jesse Morse, who I'm sure we'll have on the pod here in the next you know few weeks leading up to the draft, but. According to Dr. Jesse Morse, his conservative estimate of Hawkinson is week eight or nine. Um, So if that's the case, then he gives you four weeks of the regular season in fantasy. And like, yeah, I'm just out. You know, I wouldn't start him that first week if I owned him anyways. Um, I don't know what the Viking situation, what their offense is next year. I, I probably will have them la- <clears throat> finishing last again in the division. Um, so because of all of those things, I'm out. Um, but yeah, it's if, if it's week eight or nine, which again, way too early rankings, we're going to know more about this injury. You know, leading up to training camp so it'll be clearer but yeah um if he's not out if he's not out there until week eight or nine conservatively then i'm just out as someone yeah. to look at if you're uh potentially in a playoff run in the in the fantasy playoffs and he could come in uh, keeper week nine and yeah as a keeper or just um if you're if you don't have a great tight end and you know that you're going to be making the playoffs having him come in and uh, secure the championship for you because Hawkinson is elite tight end. And if the Vikings are in a good spot, if Kirk cousins comes back, I could see Hawkinson being a league winner at the end of the season uh, in the fantasy playoffs when he does come back from injury. So something to keep again, way, way too early to be talking about that, but uh, something to make note of. That's all. Yep. All right. Yep. And then uh, Coles, what were the other two you wanted to talk about? Musgrave craft, that whole situation. Um, yes, I, I'll start. I think Musgrave is an awesome pass catcher. I think Tucker Craft proven he can have production too. So, like, are we going to have two highly producing tight ends in that in that offense? Um, I think there's so many weapons for the Packers, and they're mm-hmm. like trying to figure out where everyone fits. Like, mm-hmm. you think about everyone that had a significant role this year: Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson. Obviously, the big three, but then you still have Wicks. Melton came on late in the season, which he probably goes away, but Wicks is there to stay. Mm-hmm. So there's four wide receivers guaranteed, and then you have Musgrave and Kraft. Um, so just a lot of mouths to feed in a young offense. Do they take a step forward or back this year? I could see arguments for both. So I don't know. That's just a lot, um, a lot of mouths to feed. I love I'm, Musgrave as a pass catcher, so I kept it. I do, too. I, I like Musgrave more than Kraft, and I'm shocked that Fantasy Pro's industry consensus has Tucker Kraft ahead of Luke Musgrave. They don't even have Musgrave in their top 16 there. And That I, could be pretty sharp, though, because LaFleur seemed to yell at Musgrave a lot. And if there's yeah. him visibly yeah. on the field yelling at Musgrave, it's because he's missing assignments and – is not like learning the offense well yeah so it's like that could go one way or another it could be he just doesn't grow up and learn the offense and he's developed slow and at some point his talent regardless he's just a liability so that could Mm -hmm. be the case um but i don't know i'm interested what shane has to say well i was just going to look like i feel like I feel like if they're both equal, I think Musgrave's going to get more of the 
snaps, more of the routes. Um, I think, you know, he was getting it before he got hurt. And then when he came back in the playoffs, I was going to look and see, but I feel like I know in that Dallas game, which was his first game back from injury, he outproduced Kraft and was, you know, then I think in the divisional round, he now snapped Kraft. I think Kraft yeah. is more the blocking tight end. I think. Which is he, what the concern might be for him both to be able to produce in an offense. Not only do you have six mouths to feed, but you're not going to be on the field the entire the extent. Like yeah. Kraft still showed that he could catch balls. So it could be one of those things where Kraft's on the field a good bit because A, he's a better run blocker, but then B, he knows the offense better. And then C, he's still a capable pass catcher. But you're still going to bring in Musgrave because of his ability to catch and run after the catch. So, yeah. you know, that could be a situation where it's like that hurts both of their values, you know? Yeah. Good team, but I don't know. That's just, I don't, that's kind of where my view of it is. It's definitely the deepest, probably the deepest receiving team from wide receivers and They all ends. hit. Yeah. Yeah. They, they look like they're in a good spot. For yeah. sure. Uh, to be honest, like Christian Watson may end up being the odd man out there. If Reed takes another step forward, Dobbs continues to be sure handed and like Watson, like talents there hasn't stayed on the field. He's going to have to catch those big balls that they throw to him. I don't know. It's it. Uh, it's going to be interesting that offense this, this next year. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just to wrap this up, someone I wanted to talk about was uh, Michael Mayer. Um, I do think he has some potential next season. He is probably at this point in the season, uh, this point in the off season, he's probably going to be one of my tight end sleepers. Um, I, I just, I, I think Michael Mayer is a very talented tight end. I think the Raiders offense improves with a better quarterback next season. And uh, he's just someone to keep an eye on. Uh, I just had to include him in my top 16 just based on potential, um, I, I think he has a better season than um, some of those bottom tier tight ends. So, uh, just as a sleeper, I just wanted to mention I do like his uh, upside next season. Yeah, another guy with no tight end competition at all on that team, and I mean, it's just Adams and Jacoby Myers at the receiving end. So, yeah, he could definitely yeah. take a step up. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I think that about does it for our way-too-early 2024 <clears throat> tight end rankings. Uh, we appreciate everybody watching, listening. Uh, make sure you like the video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, go check us out on all the social media platforms. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Um, and uh, what do we have coming up next, Mike? Uh, what, what can the roadies expect from the road show? The Fantasy Trucker is going to be in Austin, Texas this week for oh, Super Bowl. Yes, I am uh, flying out on Friday to go uh, visit Mike over there in Austin, Texas. We're going to be together watching the Super Bowl. Uh, going to be producing some content for you guys. Um, all of that will will stay secret until it comes out. But um, expect some more stuff from the road show here coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, episodes will drop every Monday, and then we may have a surprise live on uh, the weekends uh, about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl reactions, um, stuff like that. Shane O'Mac. Uh... Truck and I were looking and we're thinking about <laughs> surprising you in the for the NFL draft to a, a trip to Wichita. And then we saw how it, difficult it is to get there. <laughs> yeah. 
First of all, I'm not driving 11 hours to go to Wichita from Chicago. Uh, Colts doesn't have any uh, uh, one-way flights to Wichita. No, the next thing, so yeah. we'll, we'll 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 see we'll see what happens by then. But you know, uh, we were thinking it would be cool to have like a draft reaction show. Um, but yeah, it's a little difficult to. Yeah, catch. Wichita is not a direct flight destination. <laughs> I can, I surprisingly, Chicago ha- does have a direct flight to Wichita, so I, I could definitely do that. Maybe Coles comes into Chicago and then we fly out together to Wichita. But no, that's uh, <laughs> that's you know, I, I can fly to Dallas and go, but we'll see what happens. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I think Maybe I think we should eventually time. do something like that, especially for draft. Uh, that's a big time. And uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. So I'll be on the lookout for that. Other than that, after the Super Bowl here, we're going to be getting into Dynasty rankings. Um, I'm excited to talk Dynasty. I know, Shane, you don't have too much experience in it. Coles and I, just this last season, we really dove into it pretty heavily. And uh, it's a really fun part about the offseason. So. Shane and Mac, let's plug the uh, – we're going to do, you know, as we mentioned, some listener leagues. So – um one of those being a dynasty league shannon mac is that going to be your first official dynasty league or are you going to uh, join first that of, one? yes a hundred percent i will be because okay. i delved into it last year with one of my leagues where they kind of did this like keeper their yeah, toes in and, and it was an eight eight person keeper so it's like halfway between keeper halfway between dynasty yeah, so yeah, I'd rather it's get different. a full blown yeah. dynasty where you get a full blown off season of work. Awesome. So yeah. we're gonna all, all three of us will be in that then, right? Truck, you're gonna be in it. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll we're gonna be looking for nine roadies to join. Um, so you know, hopefully we can get our boy Danny Cousins in there. So we have some international talent. Um, and we'll have uh, gotta yeah. get B Cork. We gotta get all the roadies in there. Speaking of which, um, if you are watching this, listening, reach out to us on social media. Reach out to us on uh, our Gmail. It's the Fantasy Roadshow at uh, at Gmail um, Email us. Let us know if you're interested. We're gonna have all sorts of leagues: dynasty, redraft, best ball, guillotine. Um, you name it, we're doing it. And uh, if you want to get in early, survivor pools, confidence yeah. pools, stuff like that. Um, we're going to be messing around with a lot of different formats. So if you're interested, reach out to us, secure the spot. Now we're going to be talking about it all off season. Uh, and it's something we're really looking forward to. So, yeah, I uh, think that that'll be the first one. I think maybe in like March, we get everyone just kind of locked in and then, you know, draft is going to come around. The NFL draft's going to come around. I think we do our draft pretty soon after that. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, it should so be, uh, be like a, a week or two early May. We'll do draft. like an early May draft is what we're going to be targeting for our dynasty league. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, you know, in March we start reaching out to people um, and see uh, if we can start filling some slots and then be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's about it. Um, they're yeah, gonna, other than that. They're, the, the roadies are going to know our rankings for the draft. So yeah, that'll be a little tough, but uh, it'll just uh, add to the the challenge of uh, drafting with uh, the roadies and them knowing where we have everybody stacked up. So it uh, is what it is. Fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, other than that, again, we appreciate you guys watching, listening. Please like the video, subscribe to the channel. Again, this episode is brought to you by Rule One Proteins. Go to www.rule1proteins.com. Check out all of the stuff they got available on their website. They're the best in the industry. They got the best protein. Uh, different types of protein they got uh, supplements uh, you know nutritional products go check them out you won't be disappointed uh, we have an affiliate link 
<laughs> best pre-workout. We got an affiliate link coming soon. We will drop that as soon as it's available. Best creatine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Any other any other best over there calls that you got? Best everything. Best everything. All right. We appreciate you guys very much. And uh, make sure to buckle up. Mm -hmm. ah.